This is On The Radar with me, your host, Radar, and as always, it's me, Radar. This podcast is going to be the 2021 through 2022 season for the NFL season, NFC preview. There will be an AFC preview that you can be able to get separate entities so it's easier to digest. This will only be about NFC. It will be about the predictions on how teams are going to fare, the awards, the postseason, all everything to do with the NFC. And as always, you can find my podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, search On The Radar. On YouTube is also On The Radar, where you get my baseball observations and my movie reviews. And Radar4428 is my blogger site. My website is On The Radar Entertainment blog. My Twitter handle is Radar4428. And everything that you need all in one place, besides my website, is On The Radar Entertainment blog on Facebook. So let's just start with this. The best... The best teams are obviously going to be the Buccaneers and the Packers in their respective divisions. And then it's going to be the the Washington football team as the best talented team compared to all the other teams in their division based on their flaws. And then you get to the one of the best divisions in all football. I feel like it's the best division because the 49ers get Jimmy Garoppolo back. And they had 30-plus players on injured reserve last year, so they're only going to get better. Number two is the Rams went and got Matthew Stafford to improve at quarterback play, and they already had a special team, even with Jared Goff. And then the Seahawks made some moves to make their team a little bit better, and they're always a good playoff-caliber team because of Russell Wilson. And then you get to the Cardinals, who last year had a horrible losing streak to end the season, but they're good enough that before they added a 17 game, that they could be an 8-8 eight and eight or you know 9-7 you know, team where... They would be a playoff team, maybe a wild card contention if they were in another division. So that's why that division is the best. But let's start with the Packers. This whole offseason was all about Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy. Him not wanting to be there because he wanted them to pay him because he wants to play a long time. It was all about he didn't like that they drafted Jordan Love last year. Then they used then they drafted A.J. Dillon, a, blo- a blocking running back, not to help him out on the perimeter. So the will they won't they trade him or will he just sit out? Well, guess what? He sat out. Everything's going forward with him being quarterback. And over the years, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers has camouflaged them having okay to pretty good defensive players, just not cohesive as a unit because of Darius Smith on defense, Adrian Amos on defense. They've been pretty good defensive players in their career. And over the years, the Packers have had, you know, Charles Woodson and they've had Clay Matthews. They've had some good defensive players over the years. Their defense wasn't what carried them. And they've had okay offensive line. They've had some bad offensive lines. And they still have David Bakhtari. He's one of the best offensive linemen in all of football. The only issue is the Packers lost Corey Lindsay. They're they're all-pro center. So they took a step back. And pretty much their offensive line, which was top last year, probably going to be middle of the pack when you lose him. And uh, you have other players who are just okay because they were in their first or second year is that they also drafted a couple offensive players, including a center in the in the draft, so they've got to have some cohesion there. But as always, Aaron Rodgers masks all the deficiencies that your team has. So if your defense is not as good, your offensive line's not that good, you don't have a good run game, because, man, there were years where they had to go out and get Cedric Benson as an option. So they've had some bad running backs. They get pretty lucky that they have Aaron Jones, that Aaron Jones decided to stay with the team, because Aaron Jones is a top-10 running back. There were plenty of teams that could have signed him, but he decided to stay. So Aaron Rodgers has a top running back, and he still has Devontae Adams. Because when Devontae Adams came in the league, he still had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Devontae Adams wasn't always healthy. And he still isn't healthy, but he's still a top 10 wide receiver. He's probably one of the five best wide receivers. So you would think that they would go get him wide receiver help because no offense to Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, or Alan Lazard, or their tight end combination of Mercedes Lewis, who's been in the league forever, or Robert Tanyan, they would get him something. They went out and got uh, Randall Cobb, and they traded some play- draft picks for them. And at this point... He's not worth that, They, especially when they drafted a wide receiver who's similar to his skill set as a slot player in the third round in Amari Rodgers. So they felt like, what are you doing there? Again, not making great decisions. But again, the Packers are probably going to win a division. They don't need to win like 13. They don't need to win 14, 13, 12 games, like anywhere between that. If they win 9 or 10, it's probably 10 or 11 that they're going to easily cruise this division because... This could be Aaron Rodgers last year there. They could trade him next year. He could he could just to say, I'm done, because he's done everything he possibly could for this team. He's you know, he had a collarbone injury, all these other injuries, because the offensive line wasn't protecting him. 
So this team is only going to go as far as Aaron Rodgers takes them. And I feel like that's just going to be a division winner. I don't think this defense or this offensive line or the fact that Devontae Adams, again, is all by himself in this passing game, that this team is going to go past even the first round. They'll be a division winner losing in the playoffs. You watch it. The next team that is in the division is the Vikings. The Vikings, though, have always had that team where they had great players, good to great players, not amazing, good to good players to pretty good players, where their defense has always been their strong suit because Mike Zimmer is the defensive coordinator and the uh, and they've had some good skill players. But the thing was they had Case Keenum, the Teddy Bridgewater, in, Teddy Bridgewater injury didn't help them out because they actually really needed the, you know. You know, they needed a quarterback who can handle this. So over the so they decided to say, we got a great defense. We got some good skilled players. Offensive line is, you know, not the best, but it's still okay enough because the pro football focus ranks them towards the bottom tier of the offensive line, which doesn't help when, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't the most mobile quarterback. They have a new look this season, so they may be better because of the two rookies and some second-year players as they used their first pick in the draft on offensive tackle. That could help, but then in round three where they had four picks, they used it on a quarterback, another offensive lineman, and some defensive players, because again, this is Mike Zimmer's forte. Now, the thing about the Vikings is, when you have all these like B players, all these C-plus players, and you know the many A players, that limits your ceiling as just a wildcard team and not you know a Super Bowl contending team, and that's really what they are, because Kirk Cousins is kind of limited with this team, and yes, this team has Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and they had Kyle Rudolph. But right now, it's the only guy left from that three is Adam Thielen, and he's pretty good. Now, they got lucky with the Stephon Diggs trade. They used one of their draft picks on Justin Jefferson because that dude turned out to be really good. So they still have two solid wide receivers. They don't have any solid tight ends because right now Irv Smith got hurt, and they don't know when they're going to get him back. So this is why they traded for Chris Herndon of the of the Jets, but again, this team again is the same as the other team is. The thing that will, the thing that elevates the Packers is what holds this team back is their quarterback play, because there's been over the years they've had issues with the offensive coordinator going, hey, we got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, throw the ball more. But Zimmer's a run defense thing, so they've been running the ball a lot. But then Dalvin Cook gets hurt, and you got to rely on your backup Alexander Madison. So then you're like stuck in the, wait, we're good on running. We want to continue to be good on running and defense. We throw the ball because on defense. They have Sheldon Richardson, they got Everson Griffin, they got Eric Kendricks, they got Anthony Barr, they got themselves Harrison Smith and Xavier Woods in the secondary, and they added Patrick Peterson also to the secondary as well. So they have a good defense, they made some good moves, and um, that's the thing, because Patrick Peterson and Xavier Woods are really good in the back to help Harrison Smith, and having Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks... Everson Griffin, Shelverson has good defense. So this defense is going to keep him in games. If Dalvin Cook stay healthy, the running the running game is going to keep him into the game. And then they got two good wide receivers. So expect the Kirk Cousins to now to actually throw the ball a lot. That's what you're hoping is a balanced thing because you don't have to rely on the defense. So again, I so said the Packers need to win 10 or 11 games to clinch the, the division. The Vikings have to win at least nine games because they got to hold off potentially the Saints, the Cowboys potentially, and the other teams in the NFC West that don't win the division for the wild card. But there's three wild card spots. And because there are three wild card spots, that gives the Vikings a good enough chance to make the playoffs. So, But just making the playoffs is what I think they'll be. Then you got the Chicago Bears, man. And that being a Chicagoan who used to root for the Bears when he was a child because that was the team his, his father rooted for. And um, that's where you're like, okay, so it's been a struggle off for the Bears at quarterback, especially with Mitchell Trubisky being the wrong quarterback at the wrong time when you have a top defense. The defense took a step back. I don't know if that's because, you know, Vic Vangelo left and Chuck Pagano wasn't as good as a coordinator or the guy just had some down year. But the Bears defense is still what's going to keep them in all the games this year because it's not going to be their offense because pro football focus is still ranking the Bears is one of the lower offensive lines, and that still hasn't changed because even though the Bears took offensive tackle in the second round, he's going to be out for a while, and that's not going to help the team because 
they're look, look, looking really forward to having him because their offensive line is not that good. Now, the biggest difference is Trubisky is gone and they got Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has been a quarterback where when he made the playoffs with the Bengals and he made Pro Bowl, the offensive line was sturdy enough. He has a good run game. He had A.J. Green and other wide receivers, and he had a really good defense. So check that off. The Bears have a good defense. They still do. It may not be a top, top, top of the tier, but it's still top 10. They had a Marquise Goodwin, which supposedly should help the Bears because I don't because Allen Robinson's all by himself. And between David Montgomery and the fact that they signed Damian Williams and they still have, you know, Tariq Cohen as a, as a you know, Swiss Army Knife type of player, that gives them, he gives them skill players. They still have on the roster Jimmy Graham and they brought in Jesse James and they have Cole Komet from last year. So they got some tight end weapons. So they got some skill players. Darnell Mooney's a good number three wide receiver. That should help Dalton to have weapons. And as I said, the Bears have a good defense. The thing that's going to hold them back is their offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, is still going to be bottom tier. Losing Leno after seven years of the team and Bobby Massey means that they're relying on a bunch of nobodies by by you know drafting offensive linemen. You thought that would help them, but that really is not going to help them because if he's injured, then that doesn't help. And on the line, Cody Whitehair is like the only guy that maybe does helps them out and Jason Peters is almost 40 years old so that helps him out so the offensive line is what's going to hold them back it's not Andy Dalton's play it's not the health of the skilled players or the defense it's going to be the it's going to be offensive line because on defense we still got Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Khalil Mack, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, they brought in Alec Ogletree, they got Robert Quinn and they got Eddie Jackson and they have and they brought in Devin Bush they got all these guys here that I was hoping they would have Desmond Trufain for the cut him that this defense is still Top 10 defense, adding Marquise Goodwin in the wider CV crew, keeping Jimmy Graham, adding Jesse James, and bringing in Damian Williams, that's a good idea. But the thing that really makes the Bears exciting is the potential of Justin Fields. They were able to trade trade to get him in the draft, trade picks to get up in the draft, and really what is going to be is everybody thought Matt Nagy should have been fired because the way he handled Trubisky, how... He's supposed to be the offensive genius, but he can't fix Mitchell Trubisky like McVay fixed Jared Goff. Then they're like, what's up with Ryan Pace? He made some bad decisions drafting. He made some bad decisions on signing players and hiring defensive coordinators. All these different things that last year we all thought it was for last year, but they saved themselves. They did a Hail Mary, football reference obviously, for them to stay in the contention. So this move is really helpful because... They'll say it buys the GM more time because he's like, hey, I drafted a quarterback in the first round and we didn't even play him until the middle of the season. You got to give me a couple more years. So that saves his job. And Matt Nagy goes, I give me a couple more years with this guy. The two of them basically saved their jobs. I don't, and they they already made the decision that Andy Dalton's going to be quarterback one no matter what. Okay, fine. But Andy Dalton doesn't have the mobility to save himself from running for his life with offensive line is not that great. So because his offensive line is not that great. I feel like he's going to get hurt or or what or or whatever and he's not going to be able to survive more than a couple of weeks of the season until the offensive line gels. Which is why I feel like after maybe 3 to 5 weeks you're going to have Justin Fields start, okay? And it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, the Bears are not a playoff team despite how good this defense is because the offensive line is going to hold them back. They did add some pieces offensively, but this just team is not good enough to make the playoffs. Don't have that much confidence in Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace making any trade deadline moves. If they do trade Dalton or Nick Foles, who they're paying all this money to and gave up a draft pick for, they better get something back good enough, like an offensive lineman. Then we got the team that brings up the rear of the Lions. The Lions are always going to be bad because they had Matthew Stafford. They had one of the best quarterbacks in all of football when he was healthy. And guess what? They did squad douche. If they made the playoffs, they didn't win a game, okay? They had Megatron. Did they do anything with him? No. Now, the one thing you can say about the Lions is they're building up to be one of the best offensive lines in football. They have some players from last year that were really good, and including their center, and they used and they have a third-round pick from last year. So they have a chance to be a top-10 offensive line, which is going to be good for Jared Goff because for him, he is ready to be a to be on his own. It didn't work with Jeff Fisher. It worked really well with Sean McVay. So the question is going to be, 
How's it going to work for him? That's where the issue is going to be is how can he work with Dan Campbell, who's not an offensive genius, okay? But what hurts Jared Goff is even though he's got a good offensive line is he lost Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones in free agency and your kicker, Matt Prater. So that loses key players to help score points. And bringing in Tyrell Williams, I don't really know if that's going to be the move because they brought in Prashard Perriman, but they let him go, surprisingly, and he's now on the Bears. So scratch what I said about the Bears. Having Marquise Good and Prashard Perriman Anthony, and Daryl Mooney is okay. It's more of the fact that um, if you look at this team, Tyrell Williams is the only receiver you have. TJ Hawkinson is like pretty much the only tight end that you have, and you're saying to yourself, huh, what am I going to do now? So they did bring in Darren. They still have Darren Fells, which is nice, but really what's going to help the, the Lions is is seeing what Campbell can do with the defense because that was the forte of Matt Patricia. That was his forte, and um, if that's his forte, then you think, okay, well, let's see how good he can improve the defense. Well, he's gone, and we got to see what Dan Campbell can do because this team is Michael ba- Brockers on defense, okay? They still have Jeff Okuda, who they drafted in the first round, and they have Trey Flowers, who's been around the league. So they got a few players on defense you've heard of, but this defense is not going to carry them. They're starting us over with a new kicker, and at running back... DeAndre Swift is pretty good, and they brought in Jamal Williams, but the key to this team will be Jarek Goff and how much protection he's going to get because, as I said, this offensive line is improving, and with that offensive line improving, how much, if he has time to throw, who's he going to throw the ball to? Darren Fells, DJ Hawkinson, Tyra Williams, one of the running backs out of the thing because they made the right move. They drafted Panay Sewell in the draft because everybody wanted this all-time great offensive lineman. Okay, well, the rest of the draft, they basically – Use it on defensive players. So, one thing you can say about this team is Jared Goff will get enough time to throw. Its question will be, how, his defense isn't that good. What skill players does he have? And I don't know if Dan Campbell is good good enough to be a head coach, but they signed him to like a long-term deal, like five-plus years. So, they, they're stuck there for a while, and they're going to be a last-place team because even when Aaron Rodgers retires and Kirk Cousins goes, the Bears, just, Bears have Justin Fields. They're going to be the team of that division in like three years. Then the next division is the NFC East that I mentioned, that the Washington has a top-tier defense. They have good skill players. Our offensive line's been improving. They have the coach of the year. Like that team is running really smoothly. And the issues were last year due to COVID and injury, they went through a bunch of quarterbacks. The Cowboys went through a bunch of quarterbacks after Dalton and Prescott got hurt. And their offensive line hasn't been that good due to retirements and injuries. And then Zeke is not the same player. The Giants, their defense has been improving over the years. Their offensive line is still a question mark. And Daniel Dimes, Daniel Jones, who's Danny Dimes, they're not sure about his play. But they definitely got the skill players. The Eagles, they got a bunch of brand name players all over the roster, but they're starting with a new head coach, and and, they're, and it's the Jalen Hurts era officially. So that's why this division can go many ways. The Eagles can click with the players you've heard of, and they could be a wild card playoff team. The Giants' defense can start can click. The offensive line can just be good enough, and when Barkley's return, the Giants can be better. The Cowboys, if their offensive line is healthy, Elliott and Prescott look the way they're supposed to, this team could click, but it's really because I feel like Washington has everything in in, in order for this team, and that is why if they got everything in order, they're going to be pretty much the best team in that division because, yes, they, won, they didn't draft a quarterback, and they didn't sign one that you could rely on, but... You could do far worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You really can because, yes, he throws the ball a lot away, but he can win you a lot of games. So Tyler Henneke is a good backup. He proved he can be really good. Now, they added William Jackson and Curtis Samuel, so that was good moves. And in the, and in the draft, they added offensive linemen. They added some defensive players. That really helps their team. So the fact that they, they used their first-round pick, on a guy who missed some games, but that's, you know, overall, this team was just trying to add there. Now, their offensive line finished sixth last year. They still think it's going to be middle of the pack, but adding Charles Lennell for the Bears really helps. That's really good. And then uh, the fact that they also traded for Eric Flowers, who's been a bit okay over the last four years. It's a pretty good offensive line. 
So when their offensive line is middle of the pack and Ryan Fitzpatrick slings the ball, that's good. They still got a top receiver in Terry McClellan. They also still have Logan Thomas, who's turned into a top 15 tight end. And they brought in Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel. So those two guys are not number one receivers. But the, being the number two and number three receivers, respectively, with Terry McLaurin, that gives weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw down the field. They also have Kyle Allen and Tyler Heineke if they don't think Fitzpatrick's the answer. They're both serviceable quarterbacks. And with J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson, they got a pretty good stable of running backs. It's really this defense because that's Ron Rivera's specialty, being a former defensive player, being a defensive coordinator before. It's got Chase Young, Montez Sweat, John Bostic, Landon Collins, man. That's a lot of good defensive players on your team. And that's what's going to be their defense got of them last year. So if this defense can hold teams under 20 points, and with the three wide receivers and the running backs they have in the tight end, and Fitzpatrick is slinging the ball, this team is not going to win double-digit games. But I feel like if they win at least nine games, maybe ten if they're lucky, they could win this division because this division could either be really good or it could be really bad, and I feel like it's not going to be that great. So Washington is the team that beat in this division no matter what. It's the Cowboys who last year, Dak Prescott got hurt, missed most of the year. Andy Dalton got hurt, had COVID, all these things. And so they were lost because they had no real quarterback depth on the roster. And that is why they struggled. And that's why the offense and then the offensive line for the Cowboys has had some players retire over the past couple of years. They've had guys not stay healthy. And so that's why last year they finished towards the bottom of the pack. Now, they get Tyron Smith back. They get uh, Lil Collins back. So they got two players specifically back because they still got Zach Martin. He's one of the best guards in football. And they still got Connor Williams. So they got Connor Pro Football. It's a really good thing. Now, obviously, the team has struggled since Travis Frederick retired. So last year's disaster was, uh, was bad because of all the retirements and injuries. But if you get... Three, you get a couple guys back from injury who are really important, and the guys who played during those injuries getting better, they have a chance to go back to being a top 10 offensive line. If they're a top 10 offensive line, that should help Dax Prescott have more time to throw and not get his get his leg hurt, get his arm hurt, all these other things. And they even added Falcons players, Keanu Nano and DeMonte Kill, Atlanta Falcons players, Keanu Neal and DeMonte Kazee to the defense along with Brent Urban and Carl Watkins. Those are veteran players. They will help. So that, that that will be helpful for them there. And drafting Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph and going with two more defensive players in the third round will beef up a five, three more defensive players in the third round. That will beef up their defense. Because their offense, we all know, is a very good team. That is really what it is. Because when you got Ezekiel Elliott at running back, got Amari Cooper, M- Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin are pretty good tight ends overall. They're not a great. It's that. But, yes, if the offensive line is healthy and the guys who played last year, they all gel together, and Dak Prescott's foot is an issue, his arm's not an issue, and Ezekiel Elliott has an offensive line to protect, to, you know, open up lanes for him because they get, the, the, they're going to be focusing the defense on their three good wide receivers and whenever the tight ends line up. The defense is going to hold them back, even though Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory – and Jalen Smith, and the fact that they got drafted Micah Parsons, they still got Light Van Der Esch, and that's that's going to help them. But it's going to be, if the offensive line is what it used to be, that gives Dak Prescott time to throw, it gives running lanes for Ezekiel Elliott, and with the stable of wide receivers they have in tight ends, that's why a lot of people are thinking the Cowboys could be a playoff team. They can win a division. Nah, I feel like the Cowboys, at best, could win eight games. And they'd be 500 before they added the thing, but I could feel like the eight and nine. So they're very close to being a playoff team. But I just the defense and the way Zeke Elliott has played, and I'm not sure how good Dak Prescott's going to be, and the offensive line. They're all just they're all just hoping that the offensive line is back to what it be and what it is for Dak Prescott. That's where they're hoping. The next team is the Giants, which I'm going to say the Giants are my favorite team. They're not that great because what happened was their GM kind of fell asleep at the wheel. And kept this team the way it was with Eli Manning not having good offensive line to protect him. The defense eroding over the years. All of that. So Pro Football Focus is ranking the Giants with the worst offensive line. And I was saying how bad the Bears offensive line is. How the Packers took a step back. The, Bear, the, the Giants 
were without Nate Soldier last year, which obviously helped them. And their first rounder last year wasn't as good as they thought. They're, a third rounder from last year is, is what they're using. And and uh, it just the bottom line is the Giants' offense is a massive question mark, which is why you can't really judge Daniel Jones if the offensive line is horrible. And you can't really judge Daniel Jones because he's never actually had Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galloway. I mean, I can... Uh, they have, they have Kenny Galloway now, but you can't judge him because last year, Darius Slayton, when they had Golden Tate, and they had Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram, and Barkley. So they were, they were without their three best receivers, their tight end, and their running back for a lot of games, and they had one, they have the worst offensive line. So Daniel Jones can't really be judged on how good he is when the offensive line is horrible, and he never has all the skill players at once. So they went and bring in Kenny Galladay, the number one receiver from the Lions. Now, if Kenny Galladay is healthy... Darius Slayton's healthy, Sterling Shepard's healthy, and Saquon Barkley's back to what he's supposed to be, and you also have Kyle Rudolph in to, to give Adam Ingram support at tight end, and as I said, the offensive line is better because Nate Soldier's there. Maybe this will help. Maybe Daniel Jones will look better this year if he's got some consistency with some veterans and some young players on the offensive line, and he got all the skill players. You can't really judge a quarterback when all the skill players don't play, which is why the Giants said, we're going to bring in Devontae Booker, who's a good backup running back, and will bring in Kyle Rudolph to help Kenny Galladay, and that's why they brought Kenny, I mean, to help Evan Ingram, excuse me, and Kenny Galladay basically replaces Golden Tate, which is good because that pushes Slayton and Sterling Shepard to number twos and threes, and that really helps this team. The defense, on the other hand, in the draft, they drafted a linebacker, two linebackers, and two, and two cornerbacks. So by doing that, that should help them out because Dexter Lawrence is, is an okay player. Blake Martinez is okay. Leonard Williams is probably their best offensive player they have. And Jabril Preppers has been good, and Logan Ryan's been pretty okay. But it's a work in progress, having the worst offensive line. It's a work in progress where their defense has to start over from scratch because no offense to Kenny Dalladay. It's just an extra receiver. They, they said... Experts think they pay too much for Adora Jackson and like Mike Lennon. Eh, I don't really know. And uh, and they also brought in John Ross. So it's like John Ross has never been that great of a wide receiver. And um, he's the four-string guy on the team. So I have faith that, that maybe the offensive line is not the worst offensive line. It could be... The, one of the five worst offensive lines and their defense can start improving but it's really going to be focused on having Saquon Barkley and Kenny Dalladay healthy with Slayton, Shepard, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram and that maybe Daniel Jones will look better but I don't think the Giants are a playoff team I don't think the Giants are going to be 500 the Giants are lucky to win five or six games again so that's the issue now the Eagles are that team where when they won the Super Bowl I th said to myself, okay, they have a good chance to go back there next year. They have a good chance to win a division again. Because on paper, they had a really good team, no matter if they have Carson Wentz or not. Because Jalen Hurts showed that he was a pretty good player last year. But that's the problem. And they also have still one of the best offensive lines based on name and reputation. And they still got key defensive players on their team. But as I said, with like the Lions starting over Nick Campbell... that they started over with a new coach. They signed, they brought in Nick Sirianni, who most people never heard of because he's never been a coach and he's been a you know, coordinator for a long time. So they're starting over. They said, Doug Peterson, you were good. You got a Super Bowl. You did really well. You're gone. Let's trade Carson Wentz. So right now, this is Jalen Hurts' team. It is Nick Sirianni. They also signed him to like a long-term deal with Campbell. Those guys are, that's the team going forward. Now, in the draft, they drafted Devontae Smith even though they already have Jalen Rieger, who they drafted also top, like a top couple of draft picks as well. So they're, they're spending a lot on wide receiver. They also have Miles Sanders, who's, in my opinion, a top 10 running back. So they got some skilled players there. They still have Greg Ward, so he's a good, you know, third stringer. Then they still got, and then they got two tight ends. Dallas Goddard, when Zach Ertz was injured, was really good. He was really good at helpful out there. So but both of them are back. So that's a really good... Um, thing that they have right there because that helps them out 
and um, and they also still have Jordan Howard on their team as well. Him and Boston, uh, uh, they 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 cut Jordan Howard, and and they then sign him to practice squad. So Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, they're good backups. So as I said about the offensive line, it's when you have Jason Kelsey leading the offensive line, and you got Brandon Brooks, and you got Lane Johnson. That's not a bad offensive line to have a couple great players on the offensive line. But the question is, battled injuries, they're getting up there in age. How good are they still going to be? And if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, they got Joe Flacco, and they traded for Gardner Minshew, which I thought was stupid because I don't know why they got rid of him, but that's just where it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's where it's like, okay. So I really don't have confidence in that. And then I said about how they got defensive players you've heard of. Well, they got Ryan Kerrigan at defensive end. They got Javon Hargrave at defensive tackle, and they got Fletcher Cox, okay, then at defensive tackle. Then you go and look, and they got Gerald Avery, okay. Then they got Darius Slay at cornerback still. And so it's like, okay, they got a good amount of defensive players you've heard of. They got a, three offensive linemen you've heard of. And they used their first-round pick on Devontae Smith, so Jalen Rieger becomes a number two, and Greg Ward's a number three, and they have... Solid backup running backs in case Miles Sanders gets hurt. And they got Gardner Mission and Joe Flacco in case Jalen Hurts gets hurt. So, and they got two good tight ends. So this team could either be what it was last year, where it's complete disaster, no matter who the quarterback is. Their offensive line, because of age, could get hurt again and not be good. They can go, they can, like Carson Wentz a couple years ago was throwing to, like, as somebody said, folding chairs. Because they had all these injuries at wide receiver and tight end, and he was throwing to nobody. So Devontae Smith will hopefully solidify that. So Jalen Hurts has at least a number one to throw to, and he's still got two tight ends. And I said the defense still has got players you've heard of, but you got a guy who's never had coached before, and it's going to be Jalen Hurts' chance to be the quarterback all year long. So the Eagles could be like last year where they barely win three to four games, three to five games, or they could surprise everybody because they got brand-name players on offensive line, defense, and some good skill players, and Jalen Hurts looks like he's good, and they could be a playoff team. You never really know. Then you get to the AF, the NFC South, where the Buccaneers went all the way to win the Super Bowl. And they pretty much kept every single person on their team. They signed the important players on defense. They signed the important players on offense. And uh, so pretty much that their team, pretty much their offensive line also was one of the best ones in, in football as well because... They kept the guys. So basically, last year they were ranked as the fifth best, and they pretty much, pretty much kept everybody. They also drafted a tackle in the third round, which really helps them out, because then they got some depth there to stay top five. So if they are ranked top five offensive line by Pro Football Focus, and they pretty much kept every single player, including Antonio Brown. I feel like they can have the best record in the NFC because the Packers and the Vikings are the only good teams. And the NFC East is a mess that it's – and the NFC West has got three good – all four teams are good. That's going to get rid of wins from the other teams. So the Buccaneers could probably finish with 13 to 14 wins, have a bye like Tom Brady likes having, and basically just relax until the second till the second round because Mike Evans is still there. Chris Godwin is still there. Antonio Brown is still there. Scotty Miller said they got – they go four deep at wide receiver. Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski are there. And Cameron Brait last year missed uh, some time last year as well. So that's why they brought in Rob Gronkowski because... Uh, my bad, not Cameron Brait. It was O.J. Howard. So O.J. Howard last year missed a bunch of time due to injury, which is why it was a good thing that they had Rob Gronkowski. But now that O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait are both back together and they're healthy, you know... They got three tight ends. They go deep there. And I said, the offensive line is still pretty good as they kept pretty much everything intact in there. And Ronald Jones Jr. is still there. They kept Leonard Fournette. They even brought in Giovanni Bernard as their LaShawn McCoy option because that means that if any running back goes down, they got somebody to come in. And obviously, Blaine Gabbard is their backup quarterback, which doesn't really like make me that excited. But they also drafted a potential future quarterback in second round, Kyle Trask, because I feel like our, our team is pretty set the way it is. So let's if we see we've got a talent at quarterback at the second-round pick, but he his first-round talent, might as well take them. And then, as I said in the draft, they drafted a defensive tackle in the third round. They drafted another linebacker to help out the defense. 
two more linebackers, uh, three actually linebackers, and a cornerback to just give them depth at defense, and they drafted another wide receiver. So they, they did a pretty good job in their draft. And then on defense, with Ty Bowles being the most, the, the highest paid defensive coordinator, they still kept, they have Dominic and Sue, they got Vita Villa, they still got Jason Pierre-Paul, they got Devon White, they got Levante David, Shaquille Barrett they have still, Antoine Winfield Jr. So like this defense is pretty much, along with Ryan Suckup, you know, a kicker, they got good defense, they got good special teams, defensive line is still top 10, they got the wide receiving core of four deep, three tight ends, three running backs. This team has a very good chance of repeating. But it's really hard to repeat. I thought the Eagles would repeat. I thought a lot of teams would repeat. But we've seen Tom Brady do a lot of incredible things. So that is where I feel like the Buccaneers had the best chance of repeating and having the best record in all of football, or at least all of the NFC. And then the Saints. The Drew Brees era is officially over as he retired. So it's going to be up to Sean McVay, who everybody considers to be an offensive genius. What can he do without Drew Brees? Now, Drew Brees hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field, so it's been short passes, a lot of run games, a lot of screens to the running back, tight end play. So with Jameis Winston, you're, you have a lot, you have a deep, now you can throw the ball deep down the field. Let's see what Sean McVay does. How does uh, Jameis Winston in year two under Sean McVay not be as turnover prone and slinging it? And then Taysom Hill will come in a bunch, so that would be cool to see that, how he does that. That's what we get. And the Saints still, by pro football focus, last year they were top 10 offensive line. They think they're going to still be offensive line top 5, top 10 this year. So that will be good for Jameis Winston because that will give him time to throw the ball down the field is that they still have that top offensive line. Now here's the thing. Because of the salary cap, this team lost a lot of talent. You know, like they don't have a number 2 wide receiver you can rely on. They, um, they don't really have amazing they don't have a good tight end because they they couldn't afford to keep you know Jared Cook so the offensive line will be really crucial because it gives Jameis Winston time to throw the ball and when Taysom Hill's in the game all that other stuff that will help them because he's gonna have to get a rapport with this Traquan Smith and this Marquez Callaway until Michael Thomas comes back but then Michael Thomas because he had surgery during the off didn't have surgery off he had it during like training camp they have no idea when he comes back which is why they brought in former Bears bus Kevin White, and they brought in lacrosse guy Chris Hogan, who had retired once before. So that's why this team, is, even though Drew Brees wasn't throwing deep down the field, having Drew Brees made this team a lot better. But their wide receiver depth is a lot of nobodies, and Michael Thomas not playing for the first five or six weeks hurts them by not having a number one wide receiver. Running back, though, which means they're going to have to rely on those gadget plays of Taysom Hill to score. They're going to rely on Alvin Kamara and having Latavius Murray on the team because the two of them are are because Latavius Murray is a good enough guy to have as a he's good enough to be a starting running back in other teams so they're gonna have to rely a lot on that then on defense they did lose some players on defense because it's basically Marshawn Lattimore and Malcolm Jenkins in the secondary and up front it's just no one Alexander and Cameron Jordan because I said in all the salary cuts, they lost some players on offense, they lost some players on defense because of salary caps. So that is where that's where the, their problem is, which is why in the draft they went three they went three defensive players to make up for the fact they lost some players. I don't know why in the fourth round they drafted a quarterback. I know the Drew Brees is gone. Tyson Mills not really a quarterback and Winston we're not sure about. And I don't know how many fourth rounders are helpful, but then they drafted offensive tackle, which again they have a good up. They waited all the way to the seventh round to get a wide receiver, which I'm just like not understanding why you waited until the second round to do that. But yeah, the Saints are only going to go as far as Sean McVay's coaching of how good Jameis Winston will be to overcome the fact that he's not going to have Michael Thomas for a while. He doesn't have really great offensive players at wide receiver, nor does he have a tight end, that it's going to be on the running back system. Anything that Taysom Hill gives you, because their defense I don't think is going to be as good as it used to be with the players they lost as well. So you lose players on defense and offense. You're starting over the whole entire new quarterback system for a Hall of Famer. Even though your offensive line is top 10, I don't think the Saints are a playoff team. I don't know. The Saints could win nine games, but just miss the playoffs. But they also can win eight or seven games because they got to take a step back. That's the problem with the Saints. Then we got the Falcons who, if they traded Joe Flacco, they would take a huge cap hit. 
so they said, even though we got the fourth overall pick in the draft, we're not going to we're not going to uh, draft that. We're going to get this offensive-minded coach in in Arthur Smith, and maybe that will bring some magic back to when Matt Ryan had Kyle Shanahan and he had put up an amazing season. But you're like, okay, cool. If they're going to do that, then you might as well have some good players for him to get the ball to. Well, they they did it. They traded away Julio Jones, and they no longer have Julio Jones. They're relying on Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage to be their ones and twos. I'm not so sure about that. And they had Todd Gurley last year running back. That didn't even really work out. They got Cordell, Cordell Patterson, who everybody knows is a wide receiver masquerading as a running back, and he's more of a special teams weapon. And they got Mike Davis, who's a journeyman running back. So right there, they lost their number one receiver, and they don't have a run game that, that's reliable. And according to Pro Football Focus, their offensive line, their offensive line, excuse me, has been in the 20s range. Like Jake Matthews is okay on their line, but the thing is they lose Alice Mack, the second highest graded center since he joined the league. So they got question marks all over the offensive line, so that's not great protection for Matt Ryan. You think the run game would help? Nope. I got uh, more of a special teams player and a journeyman at running back, and you just traded Julio Jones, a future Hall of Famer. So you so that doesn't really help. So, and they're like, well, we're not going to draft a quarterback. So they went and drafted Kyle Pitts, one of the highest ever rated tight ends. They drafted him. Maybe Kyle Pitts will be that good of a tight end that he becomes Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, you name it. And that will make up for a subpar run game, losing a top receiver and not having a good offensive line because Kyle Pitts could actually maybe be good on blocking. Now the defense, on the other hand, you've had they've had court, they've had coaches where their defenses have been their their forte. But on defense, there's nobody that sticks out on this defense that I've ever heard of. And uh, that's the thing. That's the thing. So uh, that's the problem with the Falcons is they didn't want to trade Matt Ryan. They traded Julio Jones. And Dan Quinn, he was known for defense. So was like Mike Smith. So that's the problem is when you have guys who have been known for their defense for most of their life, that is where you're like, okay, so you're thinking that maybe, just maybe, that that when those guys were there, their defenses would be good. And that's kind of why both of them failed, because their defenses weren't good despite them being defense coordinators, which is why they're like, screw it. We're going straight up into, we got offensive coordinator, we got Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, and we drafted Kyle Pitts, but we still have Hayden Hurst with a pretty good tight end. And you're thinking that Matt Ryan's going to do better because he's going to have a better offensive coordinator. That's cool. But not a great defense, not a great offensive line. Julio Jones is traded. You have two tight ends. You're going to run two tight end sets? Okay, cool. Not a good run game. So I'm bullish on the Falcons being a great team. I'm bullish on them winning more than five games. I don't know where people are thinking they could be better than the Saints. I don't think so. Then the Panthers, who like the like the Falcons, they could also be really bad, but they also can be just average because I don't think they're a playoff team, even though they made some improvements to their team. Because last year, they went all in on defense, pretty much on drafting and everything else. This year in the draft, they drafted a wide receiver in the second round, an offensive lineman, and a tight end, and then a running back, and then they drafted a wide receiver. So they did a lot. They drafted another wide receiver. So they did a pretty good job there, the Panthers, of last year going all defense, and this year they're going all offense because the college coach that they have we're not really sure exactly what his forte will be because he's only been in the league for one year, Matt Rule. So last year, they had Teddy Bridgewater, and they just said, yeah, that's not good enough. So they said goodbye to Teddy Bridgewater. So this year, they traded for Sam Darnold, who I didn't think was a bust. Just the, He couldn't stay healthy. The Jets were horribly run, top to bottom, not enough to help. So one thing you would say, okay, cool. Let's see what. Let's see if he goes from the Jets, who are horribly run. Let's see what happens. Well, the Panthers, by Pro Football Focus, is one of the three worst offensive linemen in football, offensive line units in football. Now, Okun was battling injuries, and now he's out of free agency. So one of the people you heard of, he is gone. So that's the thing. They got. It says to according to Pro Football Focus, they have three offensive line positions with projected starters who have a history of below-average play. And that's a big concern unless the younger players step up. So their offensive line is horrible. 
and, and, Sam, and Sam Darnold had an horrible offensive line in New York. So that's not going to help him. You lose Curtis Samuel in free agency, which is not good, because then what you have is DJ Moore, who's more of like a slot receiver, more of like a number two. And Robbie Anderson is a deep threat, which he's familiar with, which is helpful. But looting Curtis Samuel is not the best thing you want to do, even though you drafted two wide receivers in the in the draft. At running back, if Chris McCaffrey's healthy, he will count as a wide receiver because he's good at catching and running. And they brought in Royce Freeman, which is good in case of injuries to in case of injuries to McCaffrey. You get yourself a guy who's been a starting running back at certain points in his career. So Sam Darnold has, an, has a horrible offensive line. He lost their number one receiver. And McCaffrey's coming back from an injury-filled season where he barely played. And in, as somebody who had him in fantasy football, it did not help that he was gone. It really hurts your team. So, then the other question is, who's their tight end? They don't really have a good tight end either. So, it's going to be Sam Donald. If he has time to throw the ball, he's going to have to throw it quickly to Chris McCaffrey and Royce Friedman because he's not going to have a lot of opportunities to throw it deep to Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore if he doesn't have protection and he doesn't really have tight ends. So, that's why I think they're a last-place team. Now, last year, when they went all in on defense, it's going to it's going to get better the next year because you still got Shaq Thompson. Hassan Reddick is good, and they drafted in the first round J.C. Horn's, Sam, uh, you know, Joe Horn's son with a first-round pick, and he's got talent. So as I said, last year mostly on defense. This year they got, as I said, Horn and a few other players they drafted in, in their in their thing. But Chris, is Radford? I mean, excuse me, is Darnold really better or not? That's the, the this team is lucky that's going to win maybe three to four games again. And that's no offense to Sam Darnold. It's just what's around him because as good as Chris McCaffrey is, he's not going to win you 10 games. He needs other things. Then we get to the last division that's in the, in this thing, which is the best division because the Seahawks, I think, are the best team due to what the 49ers have to overcome with all the players that were injured last year and how they got to figure that out. That That's going to be a problem because if you got to figure out how you're going to Incorporate all the players you lost last year to injury, and are they going to all be healthy? Is it, is it going to really help you? That's where you got to overcome that. And then you lose Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson get hurt. The other your other running back gets hurt. Okay, so you're losing. You you for sure probably not going to have all three running backs for the whole season. The top three guys. So that's why they went and go traded for Sony Michelle, who fallen out of favor in New England. And usually Bill Belichick gets rid of you a year too a year too early, not a year too soon. So that's where I'm like questioning what that's going on there because then you're like, okay, cool. Let's see what happens there. So that is why I'm like, okay. So I feel like the Seahawks have Russell Wilson. He didn't go anywhere despite wanting to leave or making decisions. And Chris Carson stayed put. So right there they got the running back and and quarterback set. Okay. Now they lost Shaquille Griffin and Carlos Hyde, but... Those are minor things because DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, that's a great one-two wide receiver punch. Not many teams have that. And they drafted in the second round this Dwayne Eskridge dude who is probably going to fit perfectly as the number three wide receiver there. That will help them out there on special teams. That's good. Now, Dwayne Brown, I don't know what's going to do with his contract. But he's very important, along with Gabe Jackson on this offensive line. Bringing in Gerald Everett from the Rams hurts the Rams because they lose a tight end. And he's not the world's greatest offensive tight end, but having him on the line will help out Russell Wilson. And Rashad Penny, if he's back, that's a good backup as well. So obviously, their offensive line has always been the question over the years. But basically, they, they finished 14th last year. That's middle of the pack. This year, they'll still be middle of the pack because they still got some good players on the offensive line so the offensive line got better by adding a tight end in Gerald Everett and they've been proving over the years drafting a good slot you know uh you know special teams guy in with the, with their with their first pick in the draft that will help them out okay keeping Chris Carson out because they've had no running backs outside of him their defense is not the legion of boom anymore but Bobby Wagner is one of the best defensive players in all football Carl's Dunlap is still a good defensive player Trey Flowers is Okay, this they're they're uh, Trey Flowers and DJ Reed, and they kept Jamal Adams under contract for a long time. And Quandre Diggs, that's a pretty good secondary. So I feel like 
their defense, which is Pete Carroll's uh, strength. Uh, an improved offensive line, keeping Chris Carson, bringing in Gerald Everett, and, and drafting a third receiver. This team, it's their division to lose. That's where I feel like the Rams, because of all the injuries they've had at, uh, at running back, that's going to hold them back. Now, what's going to help the Rams out this year is they, they moved on from Jared Goff, okay? And they um, they already boasted a top 10 offensive line. Because anytime you got Andrew Withworth, the veteran leading it, that's good. And they, uh, they, they have a good offensive line as a whole because they, that's what the Sean McVay was like. I got a good offensive line to protect Jared Goff. I got him skilled players. I got a good defense. That's where I feel like if the Seahawks win 10 to 12 games in that range, the Rams would win one less than, than the 49ers won more, that the Rams adding Matthew Stafford was a great idea. Because if they think that they're one position away, that's good. If Stafford stays healthy and this top 10 offensive line will help him because the Lions offensive line over the years has been good, that's great. They still got Tyler Higby at tight end. And they got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Steps in Deshaun Jackson. I didn't realize on this team when I was running my preview. And he can take the Brandon Cooks role, the third receiver. That means that Matthew Stafford has three veteran quality receivers to throw to and a quality tight end. Now, with all the injuries they had to Cam Akers and their other running back, and the fact that um, Terrell Henderson has a slight injury, that uh, that's not going to help them because they're going to have to overcome that, which is why they went and got themselves, as I said, Sony Michelle. So that is why it's important that Sony Michelle is back to the way he used to be because if Henderson can't stay healthy and every other running back is hurt, that's what I feel like is going to hold them back more than anything else. And on defense, if you still got Aaron Donald, you got Leonard Floyd, and Jalen Ramsey, that's not bad. And in the draft, they got themselves a wide receiver, Tutu Atwell, so that helps them out. They drafted a linebacker for the tackle and a cornerback, which again helps them out, and another tight end. And they drafted some more defensive players, so that's helpful. So I feel like they did. They got a lot of, you know, depth in the draft. Getting Matthew Stafford. So if Jared Goff can take it to Super Bowl, I feel like Matthew Stafford could also take it to Super Bowl. But the question is, will the running back position hold you back and prevent you from going to the, you know, the Super Bowl? That's really what it is. And then, so yeah, I it's it's really how much confidence Sean McVay has in himself to say, I need I I know that I'm good with Goff, but I got a better quarterback. But I don't have any running backs. So then you got the 49ers, who I said had like over 30 plus players on the injured reserve last year. So they got to figure out how are they going to how are they going to overcome that. So that's where you have to figure out how are we going to overcome all of that. And now last year in Pro Football, they finished ninth despite all the injuries. And again, they have a top 10 chance to be in the top 10 again because they have because they still have. They, they, they brought in Alex Mack, who used to work Kyle Shannon in Atlanta. So they poached a good starting center, and uh, that's a good idea. Now, the thing is, drafting, I don't understand why they traded all those draft picks to move up in the draft and didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey Lance. So they're going to start the year, obviously, with with Jimmy Garoppolo. And he when he's healthy, he took him Super Bowl. That's not bad. So when you have a top-10 offensive line, you still have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, they brought in Mohamed Sanu, and Jalen Hurd. So they got a stable of four run, uh, running uh, wide receivers. George Kittle's still a top three tight end. Kyle Jusick's probably the best fullback in all of football. And adding Alex Mack to an already good offensive line with Trent Williams, that's good. It's really the running back because they don't they had Tevin Coleman all those years, and they had all these other running backs. So Raheem Morstead, the question will be, can he stay healthy? On defense, they got D Ford. They got Nick Bozo win Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, they just brought in Josh Norman recently, and they got Jimmy Ward in the secondary. So, like, right there, their defense is good. Yeah, they don't have Richard Sherman, some other guy. But anytime a defense has Boza, D. Ford, Josh Norman, and Jimmy Ward, I'm just like, you know what? That's not a bad defense. And their offensive line is top 10, and they got a, four wide receivers, and they got a, a top three tight end, a top fullback. And if Garoppolo's healthy and what he did, I feel like the 49ers, they're not going to win a division. I don't think that they're going to be the number two seed. But I feel like them and the Rams are going to be, or the Seahawks, 
all are going to make the playoffs, and one wildcard spot is going to be open. That's really what's going to be. As I said, I don't get the whole trading all these picks to move up to take Trey Lance when some people are like, is he the best quarterback really or not to be the third quarterback taken in the draft after Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence before Justin Fields and Mac Jones and that at some point, if Garoppolo gets hurt, I think Shannon has enough confidence that Trey Lance can handle the job. And if Garoppolo does play well, they can maybe trade him if they feel like it's time to move on. But yeah, this division is the best because all three top teams are going to make the playoffs. It's the Cardinals who, if I told you before, if they were in another division, you know, they would uh, they would have to be, uh, they would have to have an issue there because the 49ers added to the offensive line. They did draft a running back because their running back depth is, is you know, weak. So that's good. They drafted a running back because their defensive, their running backs is weak. They got a few offensive linemen to help the top 10, and they got some up. They drafted two running backs. That's what we're saying is they were smart. Drafting two running backs, potential quarterbacks, Garoppolo can't stay healthy and adding to the defense. That, so those are smart moves, which is why they're going to be better. And uh, the Cardinals, though, they made moves this year like they were trying to win it this year, even though they're the fourth best team in their division. Because you bring in J.J. Watt, has been healthy, but he's been a good player. A.J. Green has been healthy, but he's been a good player. They did lose Patrick Peterson, and they're like, bring Malcolm Butler in. But then Malcolm Butler all of a sudden decides to retire, so they lose that. They don't have a top cornerback there. That's where I'm just like, okay, cool. So the thing about Cardinals is they also, last year, they had they had two top 10 rankings in pass blocking, but bottom two in run blocking. But overall, they're top like 12 offensive line. So when you got a top 12 offensive line, you bring in A.J. Green to replace Larry Fitzgerald, and you already had Deandre Hopkins, who had a great year last year, one of the great, one of the best receivers, and you still had Kristen Kirk. That's good. Justin Pugh on the offensive line is really good. And then at running back, they had Kenyon Drake. They said goodbye to Kenyon Drake for some odd reason, and then brings in James Conner. You're like, okay, cool, James Conner's going to be the running back. Nope, Chase Edmonds is still, and he was pretty good. So fantasy owners are not happy, but in real life, when you have Chase Edmonds and James Conner, that's good running back tandem, and we got A.J. Green, Chris Kirk, and Hopkins, a good wide receiving crew. It's the fact that they still don't really have a tight end, and if Kyler Murray gets hurt, do I really trust Colt McCoy? I don't really know. And then on defense, I said they brought in J.J. Watt. They still got Chandler Zones, who's really good, and Robert Alford's pretty good, and Buda Baker's pretty good, but that's why their first-round pick was on a linebacker and Zayvon Collins just will help. They added a wide receiver in the draft. Then they went pretty much all defense except for two offensive linemen. So pretty much they got a, they drafted for depth, but I don't JJ Watt is old. AJ Green is old. And it's like, okay, cool. Chandler Jones doesn't want to be there. So that's why. Their defense isn't the top ten defense. It's probably middle of the pack. Their offensive line is is, you know, top fifteen, but it's not the best. And I don't know about Louis Lear Fitzgerald, but overall is Kyler Murray can win five, six, seven games on his own because that's how talented he is. I just feel like six games, seven games might be their peak because they gotta play, they gotta play their three division rivals twice, and it's gonna be hard to win all six of those games. And depending on their schedule, if they gotta face either the Packers, the Vikings, or the Buccaneers, that's gonna be a tough little matchup. Same thing with Washington. So they are the fourth best team in their division, but. I feel like record-wise, they could have almost as good a record as teams like the Cowboys and the Giants and the Bears, who would be second or third place teams, and Falcons maybe maybe better than the Saints. It all depends. That the Rams are unlucky; they're in the wrong division and the wrong conference. So that's what it is really there. That they, if they win six, seven games, it's not going to matter. But if Garoppolo's gone and they move on to Trey Lance, and that goes okay, and he's got Russell Wilson, he's got Matthew Stafford, they still have a hard time. So I'm I'm predicting that the 49ers will face the Packers in the first round, and I think I'm going to go with the Packers in the first, winning at least one game, just one game, okay? Because it would be a struggle for the 49ers to get there with their division. And I feel like the Vikings will play the Seahawks, and the Seahawks will win out that game. And I feel like the Rams will play Washington, and the Rams will win that game because the Buccaneers will buy. So the Seahawks will play the Packers, and I feel like this the Seahawks are going to get them this time because I don't think the Packers are good enough to win more than one game. And the Rams... As good as they're supposed to be, I feel like the Buccaneers have a better chance of beating them and going back to the Super Bowl. And then the Seahawks versus the Buccaneers, 
I think the Buccaneers are way more talented than the Seahawks. So that's how I feel it could go. But obviously, I could be wrong. And the Rams or the Seahawks can go to the Super Bowl. But I don't think the 49ers, the Packers, the Vikings are Super Bowl teams or Washington. It's more like L.A. Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Seahawks that could go to the Super Bowl. And when it comes to, like, awards, Russell Wilson can win MVP. Kyler Murray can win MVP. I don't think anybody in the East or even the Packers division, the North, can win any of the awards that are important like that. I'm not giving Aaron Rodgers awards for MVP and, you know, Tom Brady's division. But then you get Offensive Player of the Year. It could be... One of the Buccaneers players, Mike Evans. It could be Saquon Barkley. It could be a bunch of guys on offense. And on defense, it could be one of the Bosa brothers, the one that plays for Niners maybe. It could be a lot of guys there. It could be Aaron Donald. So there's a lot of good choices there. And Offensive Rookie of the Year could be Kyle Pitts because he's going to play a lot. I feel like the Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to be could be a tight end or a wide receiver unless Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones play incredible and, or Trey Lance or Justin Fields come in and play incredible. That it's going to be... Kyle Pitts, Amar Chase, or one of those wide receivers, Devontae Smith, you remember Jalen Waddle, whatever it is, I feel it's going to be one of them. It could all surprise, it could be a running back. And defensive player of the year for a rookie could be J.C. Horn or any one of the players, but I feel like, or Micah Parsons could be definitely one of the, the there's a lot of good choices because they're actually going to play. And then coach of the year, Ron, Ron Rivera can win it again. I don't think I'm going to give it to Kyle Shanahan. I'm not going to give it to anybody else in that division beside Ron Rivera. I'm not giving it to anybody in the Packers division. And I'm not giving it to anybody in the Saints division, you know, the, the South. And then comeback player of the year could be Barkley. It could be Dak Prescott. It could be anybody important who plays really well that comes back. Unless he can win executive of the year. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of good things there. Thanks for listening to the NFC predictions out of awards, standings, how the teams are going to do. If you want to listen to the AFC, you'll have to listen to the next podcast. For On the Radar, I'm Radar. See you guys next time for the 2021-22 season of football season.